Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple. 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events, chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, dude. The 90s call. With Christine Taylor and David Lasher. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Hey, Dude, the 90s Called podcast. I'm David. I'm Christine. What's up, Christine? Hi, David. Nice to see you. We've got a really, really cool guest who's mm. sitting right next to me. We, let in let studio. America be the judge of that. <laughs> okay. Do you know that voice? <laughs> Hello, everybody. Coming in number three, what? here's good Charlotte. <laughs> and number two, In Sync is back. And number one, Britney Spears. Oh, Woo! yeah. Talking about 90s nostalgia. Carson Daly. Thank you so much. For Hi, everybody. Here. Hey, guys. Oh, my gosh. This is so fun. I mean, thank I, you for having me. Thank you for being here. I mean, everyone at iHeart is so excited because while, well, you know, you and I are old friends. Yes. And, and uh, you are on TV more than anyone I've ever known. <laughs> um, well, there's Regis. God rest his soul. He was on TV for a very yeah, long time. And Al Roker. And I, Mr. I, Roker still doing it. Yes. Yes. But I've never, I haven't seen you interviewed. And that's what our producer, Amy, was like. Yeah, he's. I'm a very private guy. He's I, elusive. I, that's right. I'm slippery like that. It's. <laughs> dangerous business to be interviewed because you can get canceled for anything right especially being a host of the today show yeah you have to be squeaky squeaky clean yeah but but but, but i will say you are 
I, and we talked about this a little bit before we just started this interview mm-hmm. that I, I am a Today Show watcher. So I I, I I feel like I know all of you. Yes. It's very intimate. You are all you speak very candidly about your families, your lives, right. things that are going on, your, your mental di- health. Exactly. And I was going to say, I feel like not your mental health. My no, mental health. exactly. Okay. But I was going to say that about you, that you are so generous with yeah. what's going on with you. So even though you don't do a lot of interviews, I feel like you have that home to be able to because I, I, I do That's feel true. like it's it's been great to sort of see you and you know get to track what's been going on with your life. Well, that's the good stuff and it's really the only thing I have to offer the Today Show since I don't do like the hard news uh, weather's been taken for pop 45 start. years I do a little bit of the entertainment <laughs> pop start report and then yeah I just sort of like I think in their eyes um, typify kind of your average like dad you know I'm like I talk about my kids all the time right. um, or the things going on in my, my life you know my mental health has been a, a really like fascinating sort of journey personally and um I back guess it's surgery. Like, I'm not on Didn't Twitter you have a anymore. back surgery? I back yes. surgery. Yeah, totally. Yep. I'm literally like, yeah, that's right. I talk about my <laughs> mental health, my back. I'm like the Al Bundy of the Today Show. <laughs> like I'm, I'm like I'm I'm broken in many pieces, and, and everybody knows. I come everything. in limping, and um, but it's it's a lot of fun to do that show. My God, it's iconic, and so every day I pinch myself that I get to go beyond, like I you know be on the program, and I see Al Roker, and they're great, and Savannah, and Hoda, and Dylan. There's just a great group there, and yeah, it's morning TV. Like my mom, every day growing up, like the, the Today Show was on, yep. so it's crazy to be on it. Yeah, it's we all very cool. I mean, but it's so healthy to be open and honest about your life, yeah, mental health struggles. I, yeah, well, let's get to that. Sure, after, but I want to start with just whatever you want to start. Carson with, and I have been friends for a very long time through my brother-in-law yep. Scott mm-hmm. and for years we had a very tight group Jeff yes. and Johnny and Casper and you know there was an LA crew and a New York crew and we, we were just traveled around together right and like the highlights that I remember are just barbecues at Scott's with the Yankee game on. Yep. Um, yep. You know, lobster bakes on the beach. The crawfish. Summers, crawfish. Boils. boils. Summers in Hermosa. Scott had a, a beach house in Hermosa. I and mean, Carson had his own room. In the, yep, in the, at the beach house. That's right. <laughs> and it was just the, really the best of times. It was like a movie. I mean, it was great. The, our crew and how we got to hang out and travel a lot. And I worked at MTV at the time. So, you know, anytime we were doing like spring break Cancun, like a lot of you guys would just like, let's go, you know, my boys would come down and hang out or um, going to the VMAs or after parties or Super Bowls. And, you know, you and, and our crew would always be there and sort of share in these milestones that pinch pinch yourself moments that I was so fortunate to have access to vis-a-vis my job at MTV. Right. It was always fun for me to bring like my my friends along. Yeah. And were you guys all single at the time? Well, that's in and out. That's, <laughs> a, that's a tricky <laughs> question. That's a all really right. good I, I, observation. I was married. single. Yeah, that's a good question <laughs> also. Yes. He was kidless for sure. I, I was uh, married with kids. Yeah. And I, uh, you know, all the other you guys. You didn't act like it though. Always. You had fun. <laughs> I was going to tell the story about us in the hot tub watching Casey. Okay. And, and yes. Jill left my, Casey must have been two or three years old and he's running around Scott's backyard. We're all in the hot tub, you yeah. know, uh, chilling out and he's playing in Scott's garden. Yeah. And you remember he got chased like a, a Stung by bees. Yes. <laughs> of course. We still, Scott and I still say that joke all, all the time. Bees, right. About when we later, many years later, we would have kids. We would make a reference to that. I'd be like, I don't even know where I was. And um, and Jackson was over there, of course, being stung by bees. It's always our go-to reference right. when we're not parenting properly. Right. And that's always because of you and that moment. 
20 years ago whenever I mean, it was but that was like the, that was our time we, we had a lot of having fun. the best time but i was also parenting and had then, one eye yeah and we're all <laughs> on different walks of life we weren't all actors or all like even right. on tv our friend scott was in a different trade right so it was fun um but yeah it was, it was a good and it was a good quickly, time i mean and, and, and th- those were great years but like we, i was just saying to you you know he got Carson got the job on today's show and like 10 years ago, almost. Yep. Right, uh, he moved back to New York. I mean, he met an amazing woman, Siri. Yep. And, uh, and then time goes by and he's got four children. That's right. And uh, he's a suburban dad and, yep. and love it. Host of the Today Show. But like, we miss you so much. But the time just the decade goes by so fast. Yeah, it really does. Yes. Um, but I'm so happy for you. And thank you. You seem well, like it's good to see good you. Place. I have to come to your podcast just to see you. That's what's crazy. <laughs> and Christine, we, we wanted to. We, this is easier to do than like, hey, can we else meet at Starbucks for a cup of coffee it's, for an hour? That's exactly right. We have to be public with our lives for an hour on a podcast just to spend time with each other <laughs> but did. I'm so happy to do it I did but I asked him to do it he's like yeah let's do it I just want to see you <laughs> right exactly <laughs> that's actually how I've been asking friends also right. I say, I'll say we haven't seen each other in forever right. it'll be a good opportunity let's have a conversation on the air <laughs> to like, spend an hour right which is great <laughs> exactly. which is what you do every morning no, I love the podcast I love what you guys do because you do something very specific in the podcast space about discussing you know an era in time to which we all um, have that commonality of what you know sort of the 90s where we were in our lives and how it was able to propel us to new directions in life and so the people that you have on it's always I know all of them of course uh, or at least feel like I do yeah um, it's a highly relatable podcast for me so I was psyched that you were doing oh, it a thanks, but with both of you together so perfect and then for me to you know to be invited was was really cool so I was happy to do it there's a lot of 90s nostalgia out there yeah and that, like we want to definitely get into I that. feel like it's big like I mean you guys probably discuss that all the time but I tell my friend Gwen Stefani who I see with Blake and at The Voice yeah. I'm like man if no doubt if you guys could put that band back together and tour you could make a trillion dollars right. because that sort of era of stuff is so popular I don't know if it is like in fashion and whatnot. I but. think so but even it's what it, it, we always talk about this too David that um our kids like my daughter put together a summer playlist and it's so much of no, no doubt it's so much of the early yeah. music I mean it's a mix of everything but I feel like so true it's 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 not even just us looking back on it in a nostalgic way they're it's sort of their it. right. discovery they're like, of oh that's a cool song and all these cool like bands I'm like where did you even hear that and they found it and a lot of the new music that's out now samples stuff from the 90s you'll hear a right. song and be like oh my god I know that song and it's you know a sample from the 90s so it's, just, it's hot. It's a hot commodity. Hot. Re-air all your TRL seasons and probably get. Oh, great let's ratings. not. <laughs> let's not do that though. Why would we do that? No. <laughs> People loved it. Let, no, it's let, great because you know. Well, let's. It's like therapy to, to go back to and talk about it. The is. It's it is. Comfort, it's it comforting. Was a comforting uh, yeah. decade. Um, but you, so you started out. Uh, I, I didn't know this. I, yeah. I knew the first th- thing that I knew was that you worked as an intern for Jimmy Kimmel. But Correct. You, your mom, Patty, who honestly was one of the yeah. Christine would have loved my mother. Oh, she would have loved you. Uh, like, like almost like your mom. Like full of life, always optimistic, always, always so much fun. She passed in 2017, and we always at 73, oh, and we always so say sorry. like she lived like. 
two lives like right. every day she right. has, she was clinging on to life my sister and I still joke that she hasn't like crossed over and gone to heaven yet because she's still holding on <laughs> she's to the still working because she's loved life <laughs> yes. so much right. oh, uh, she that's was, really she beautiful though. thank I you know. for mentioning so, my mom so I love her so sorry to hear about that yeah so sudden um, yeah I remember the Thanksgivings we had but yeah Patty Daly was uh a, a TV personality yep. in, in Palm Springs. In Palm Springs. Well, she was an actress. She moved from, I mean, her story, I won't get into it, but she was an army brat. So my, my grandfather was a badass Green Beret. Uh, so she lived, you know, she went to kindergarten in Sendai, Japan during the war and in Germany because of her father, my grandfather. So she was an army brat and then she left North Carolina at 18 and moved to California to act. She went to the Pasadena Playhouse and then acted and was in like, I'd come home from school and she was on like Gomer Pyle and no a way. bunch of like 70 really? shows. Yes. <laughs> oh, Star wow. Trek. She'd be like one of those no. chicks like with like a bikini no. but like green painted skin because you know Ben Stiller is a massive Star Trek okay, fan I mean so he knows every episode huge oh, I, didn't I mean see that. we have auction items yeah. just displayed well, she wasn't a regular she wasn't no, on but, many but, but he'll she had know. a lot of bit parts and I, no 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 I will you have to look her up she was on a TV series he, called Mannix uh, <laughs> of course she, she danced for uh, Sammy Davis Jr. in the Shindig tour no so she has way. this whole history that's before. amazing oh, yeah. she met like my dad she, she did a bunch of stuff and then she got into radio and um and wrote copy and this was in the 80s when like you know women weren't selling airtime and writing copy and recording it people wanted like the man voice and she was, kind of broke a lot of boundaries in, in radio as a, as a woman in the 80s. Wow. So she had like this whole entertainment background, which my sister was into when we were in high school in LA. I grew up in Santa Monica. My sister was an actor, mm-hmm. actor and all that. And then uh, my dad passed away. But my mom's uh, new husband, who's like a great father for us, he was like a businessman. So I went like my dad's route. I wanted nothing to do with the entertainment business. Is that true? And then everything flipped. My sister became like a kick-ass business person. And right. I ended up like doing this. So Patty must have influenced. No, the influence I mean, was definitely there. Yeah, you because you're first gigs were in radio, right. right? I think you're influenced by what your parents do whether you want to be or not. Right, so true. You could rebel against it and that's still an influence or you could gravitate towards it. Yeah, we. Ju- my son very quickly just had a big junior in a junior workshop project for high school that he chose to do discussing that sort of the Nepo baby mm-hmm. conversation. Interesting. Not for, for no other reason than to just explore the fact that Kids throughout history have been influenced by what their parents do. Sometimes they go completely in the other direction or they'll find their way into that business, whether it's the entertainment industry, whether it's, you know, music or, um, you know, he even used like a dry cleaner or something. You Mm -hmm. you go into the family business and it's that's been throughout history. So I thought it was such an interesting project. But um, that's it's so funny that you went the other way, even though I didn't think uh, that I would be that Nepo baby. Like I ended up it had a huge influence in my life. It just did. Yeah. And it evolved. When I was a teenager, I was like, oh, no, I don't want to do any of that. You know, I want to forge my own path and do my own thing. And then you just sort of realize like, oh, wow, this path may be sort of predestined for me a little bit. Right. I just... That's what I like to do. And I've, you realize, oh, I watched my parents. You it's know? like osmosis. It's yeah. just in the, in, in through the bloodline. It is somewhere. weird. It is absolutely a thing. So you, you first I'd like to see that project, Christina. I, I'd like to, I will yeah. tell, I will, Please we'll talk send me more a link about somewhere that. Somewhere to watch we, your, it's your really, kids project. You, you he did a really good job with yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, I know. We, surprise, we do have surprise. two. <laughs> Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. 
Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. So you wanted to be a pro golfer. I know yes. you, you grew up with Tiger and your dads were very close. And That's true. Play. How did you turn away from that and into radio? So I was trying to play pro golf. I was trying to play. I played golf in high school. Uh, but when I played golf, I graduated in 91 from Santa Monica High School uh, in Los Angeles, which was a very like, you know, um, I think you had Chad Lowe on the show. I mean, a bunch of like the, the oh my the, God, the yeah, Brat yeah. Pack all went there. Charlie Sheen and Rob Lowe. Well, you Chad were there Lowe. after them. Who was I was there, there after them. A bunch of a bunch of dudes, a bunch of people. <laughs> we were, you know, Santa Monica is like six blocks away from the beach. So right. Kelly Slater went there for, I think, a, a semester and he right. was like surfing at lunch. Yep. And we had what became parts of um, Porno for Pyros, the band. And they were another band at the time called K38. They played in our quad at lunch. I mean, it was just typical oh, L.A. LA. Stuff. Right. Parents are actors. Parents, yeah, <laughs> a lot of that. Right. A lot of that. Right. Um, 
but I got into golf. I don't know, you know, because my stepdad, he, that was our connection. Right, right. My dad died when I was five of, of uh, cancer uh, in his 40s. And my mom remarried about four years later to my stepdad, who like took a minute for my sister and I to kind of, you know, we, you know, we called him Richard for a while. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden at dinner, my mom was like, the kids have something to tell you. And we're like, can we call you dad? No. And he was, a, he was a stoic man, businessman. And he was like, didn't show his emotions. And he, he big, strong guy with a deep voice. And he started crying. And so he became dad and uh, he would go on to be, he passed in 2017. My parents, um, died like six weeks apart um, but he would go on to be like my biggest hero in my life my stepdad so I say God bless me with two incredible fathers wow but um, yeah so he played golf and so golf was my connection I played golf I played all four years in high school girls would look at me because I had a letter in Santa Monica so I had a letterman's jacket my freshman year had an S on it and I was like I'm so cool my letterman's jacket and they'd be like oh you're a freshman with like there'd be like a golf club would signify what you lettered in like if sure. it was tennis it was a tennis racket if it was football it was a football and the golf was like a little stick and the girls would be like, what? They thought it was cool till they realized, what is that? <laughs> and I'm like, that's a golf club. Not very sexy. This is in school. like 1988. Like this was not as, and they're like, oh, my grandfather plays golf. And like, they'd walk away. It's an old man's sport. <laughs> it's just sport. like total old man's sport. You'd really get along with my grandfather. Before Tiger, before Michael Jordan made it cool, Nike commercials and sure. what it's become now. So I played all four years in high school. I got a golf scholarship to LMU. Um, full scholarship. Full scholarship. Amazing. Ended up dropping out and moving to Palm Springs where my parents were living at the time and to turn pro. Wow. When I was 18 and 19. And then that's where I intersected and met Jimmy Kimmel, who I had previously met. It's a crazy story. When I was a kid, we sort of reconvened. We met on a trip uh, in Maui when I was like eight. Um, I ended up interning for Jimmy, who was doing radio. And, you know, I just kept doing radio, stopped playing golf, realized that ship had sailed. I had kind right. of burnt out. And in radio, if you're, you know, show up on time and are drug free, you can excel the ranks of radio pretty damn quick, it turns out. And so I just. And were you a huge music fan? I was a huge music fan. Yeah. Huge. And I always thought, like, when I started to intern and I saw Jimmy, how he was doing a morning show, and I learned a little bit about editing and producing and the music and the comedy, and it really piqued my interest, and I became kind of a DJ. And then I would just sit here for four hours being the DJ alone, and I would just play music. I'd play it so loud in the studio, and I would just think to myself, I cannot believe somebody gets paid to do what I would do in my bedroom right now. Exactly. And I was hooked from that moment on. So I did radio, really, for the next, like, 25 years. Right. Was Jimmy a good boss? But was he? Was he was he... a terrible boss, actually. <laughs> really? I lived in great fear of Jimmy Amazing. Kimmel. His name was Chris Kimmel at the time because his middle name is Christopher. But we had a Jimmy already. Jimmy, the sports guy, was already at this radio station in Palm Springs where we started. So he was Chris Kimmel. He had a morning show and he was the biggest Howard Stern fan of all time. If right. you know anything about Jimmy Kimmel now or look it up, Howard Stern and David Letterman are his two idols. <laughs> so that came with a lot of. Of, of ribbing and hazing and he would he would try and torture me on the air because it was good radio and it works but <laughs> oh, he's just like, I mean I, he's like a brother to me and he's right. I owe all of my success to Jimmy Kimmel that's amazing but yeah. you, you took it and you but that was the dividing line of when like I was playing golf you know from like 12 to 18 every day all day trying to become pro then you realize that's just not going to happen and then um, I got into radio and then I and worked and then I stayed in California and worked in a bunch of radio stations. And that's what led me to K-Rock in L.A. K-Rock, right. Okay. Um, and then ultimately MTV. So but to your point, Christine, like a lot of that was because people ask me, well, how did you get how did you get into what you do? I mean, it was all passion. Like I was willing to I took an oath of poverty, like in my mind. Mm-hmm. And, and I was fine with that. 
Like I could live in any city in this country. And if I was your nighttime DJ in a small market for four hours a night and I made $45,000 a year, sign me up. That was fine with me. Right. And whatever came with that, fine. And so once you do that and you really commit to that, then like I felt, and even to this day, like everything's just been gravy. It's like, oh, okay, I got a little more secure job or oh, I make a little bit more money, but that could go away. That could go away. And you operate out of fear. But if you just keep putting your head down and working hard, like you, if you have success, it all just feels like kind of found. Yeah. It's such a great lesson too. Like so many people, you know, my kids, I have a, a daughter, Hannah's yeah. going to be a junior in Tulane. She's it's crazy. Majoring in business. She's yeah. studying in Madrid. She's at working at an internship right now in Tel Aviv. But a lot of kids chase, where's the money? You know, or the fame. Or the fame. Or, I was going to well, say. That's, yeah, that's, that's. Or the idea, idea of celebrity or yeah. influencer. Yeah. Or, yes. Or, yeah. Well, I, that's what, what I was going to say is how much, how mature, and maybe that was having such great parents or, or yeah. seeing them, but the, the maturity for you to, really know that in yeah, your heart yeah, yeah, my heart and not feel like oh this is just i'm just playing pretend right now and what's my real job right. gonna be that you knew in your gut yeah i love this yes absolutely. and you stuck with it i mean that is but then was, you give it this extra effort you, it's like right if you find what you are passionate about to uh, to do as a career right you there's no one that can do it with that sort of, in, you know, work ethic right. and, and and just diligence. But if you have an entry level job in any walk of life, forget entertainment, and you love what you do genuinely at an entry level point, You're it doesn't right. stop you from trying to, all right, how do I get out of this cubicle and maybe get a corner office or like, how do I get, uh, you know, rise the ranks within this world, you know, but I love what I do. So if, if I fail, who really cares? Because I love being here. Right. Then it just becomes like, you know. Right. You just try and succeed. And if you succeed, then it's like, all right, even, even better. You know, even <laughs> right. better. But ultimately, you were okay with that initial job or thing that you did. And for me, that was music. Music has always spoken to me. It's talked mm -hmm. to me. I think it's helped me out with my youth, going through some trauma. It's always moved me. I know now, many, many years later, through my exploration of my mental health, I have panic disorder and um, anxiety disorder. I know for a fact the way that, and I always tie that into nature and nurture. I mean, I think we know now it's not just you're either born this way or it's by influence of your environment. It's a combination of both. Mm -hmm. And I know now as a kid, like I was, when I would hear a song or see a sunset, like I get visibly moved by those things. It's the same thing that physiologically, physiologically changes, changes me. Yeah. I, I'm that passionate about when I hear music, it moves, it speaks to me. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that I think is just by the DNA in which I was sort of created. And so I wanted to just be as close to the music because I loved it so much as possible. Sure. Whether I was a guitar tech or a roadie or worked in radio or whatever you know interned at a record company or a studio i wanted to just be around music and you know get paid for it and um and did but yeah or my, my parents were big influences too you know my dad had this like hardcore work ethic he got up i could hear his shoes at five o'clock in the morning down the hallway and i would always as a kid go man my dad like works hard and he would be like hey you guys can go out in high school you guys go out and i'd be like the only thing i asked at six o'clock if you could just be home for like 20 minutes so i can just see you guys oh, check in on your day and we'd all sit dad. in the living room and he'd smoke a parliament and drink a cuddy sark and i'd make my mom a gin and tonic and she'd smoke this is in the 80s right, right, right. And, but, but my sister would be there and it was like hey how was your day today and my dad would just want to sit with his family we'd usually have a meal he was you know italian and that was kind of important too but then after that it's just like, a check-in going but it was just and i always respected that i was like dude this guy works so hard but he's been valued, like 14 but hours his family also but his was family right was important there. I mean, and so are, those are traits i see 
He Look, did it by example. It. He never sat me down. I was like, hey, when you're older, man, you should always sit with your kids after school. He never told me any of that. He just lived that way. And I gravitated towards that. He ended, he's Catholic. Mm-hmm. My dad was Catholic. And my faith was born out of that too because mm-hmm. I would just watch him like go to mass on Sundays and he was like, kids, get in the car. I was like, where is this dude going? And then I was like, hey, can I go with you? And then I'd watch him at St. Monica's mm-hmm. and I was like, oh man, like this is, and then I'd ask him some questions and then that led to, by his example, my own, you know, coming to my faith. Yeah, your own curiosity, my own curiosity. asking so the to questions. to your point, Christine, that, that sense of like organic nature of just loving what I do and like willing to be, you know, I thought about being a priest for a hot second. That's in my bio. Is that true? Yeah, it is. There is wow. a there was a hot second. Because I, I was I'm Catholic also. I okay. did I I'm went to, to twelve years of Catholic yes, school yes. uniforms. Well, your mom was a Sunday school teacher. My okay. mom was a Sunday school teacher. My yeah. mom goes to daily well, you're hardcore. mass still. You're hardcore. I, that was what I grew up in. But yeah. my but it was very similar. We we it was not that we were all forced to go. Yeah. We went on holidays and on Sunday. But it was really sort of as we got older. The, you know, who, what we wanted to do Same. and how we felt about it. Because my dad wasn't, he was Catholic, but didn't go to church with mm-hmm. my mom all the time either. So we each had our own sort yeah, of uh, connection of that works to for it. you. Yes. And parenting by example. I mean, what a great lesson. Parenting by example is much, way more effective yeah, for than sure. forcing things onto your child, right? Forcing values into your child because they will rebel against that. As opposed to just seeing, wow, my dad really is a great guy, and I'm yeah. I'm curious about this. Um, so so uh, K Rock, you yeah. you become a huge. Uh, I'm like 22. DJ. I'm living in L A, my hometown, and um, they opened up uh, a K Rock in New York City for the first time ever. So the K Rock nighttime DJ Sluggo, one of my heroes who I listen to in radio, got the job in New York, and it left this opening in L A. And I was up in San Jose, California, working at um, an Infinity owned K Rock system station and uh, they brought me down to LA it's like I was getting called up to professional baseball you know right. to the show. you were in the minors and you don't get these jobs they don't come up Kevin and Bean are on for years like if you want to do mornings in LA you have to wait for them to run you know th- run their whole right. time you know right. it could be decades so it was a really good opportunity I was like 22 I think and I got this night job 6 to 10 p.m. Uh, at K-Rock in my hometown and oh, I, like, that, I, I mean that's prime time that was, that was driving for me hours. Was prime time for like the high schoolers in college and right. people were partying and I did that job for you know like only about a year and a half before MTV called they did a beach house in Southern California you know MTV back in the day course, every yeah. summer they'd be somewhere new like spring break they were in, that summer in um, Palos Verdes at the old SeaWorld. Um, right. There was right. a we thing called Bill Mot- Bellamy on. Oh, yes. Bill. So we, yes. Bill. Yes. Yeah, I think you At took Motel over. California. <laughs> Motel California. That was the name of the programming <laughs> that summer it when was. I started at MTV. And it was just a summer job because I was working at K-Rock at right. night. They took a couple of radio people and just gave us summer jobs. By the end of that summer. But some, you were, you mean, put, to be on, on camera? On camera. So was, that, was that a big uh, change for you to go from no. you know, behind the radio mic to being in front of a TV? It was just because it was visual, but like the job description was, hey, come down here for like a couple hours a day and interview, uh, you know, No Doubt or Social Distortion or whatever Southern California band I knew. I was already interviewing at K Rock anyway. I mean, I knew I knew these people, right. so that was some wasn't people a, freeze up when a camera's on. You, well, you, they had cue probably- cards, and that was the thing. See, here's the deal: the the VJs that came before me really were trying to parlay their success to become actors in L.A. They would they would leave New York and they'd go to L.A. for pilot season, and really that was their goal. Oh, I didn't. Whereas, know. like, so at the end of that Motel California, the bosses 
you know, called me and we like had a meeting and they were like, we want you to come back to New York because we're going to relaunch MTV. We want people to be on who actually love music. We need ambassadors of music. Not who are looking, not people not who are looking to become stone. famous. Yeah. They're like, so do you want to act? And I was like, no, I have no desire in acting. Why would I want to do that? Why would I want to be, would anyone I want to be me? That? And they were like, done. And so that's how I moved to New York in the TRL era in 1999 or 90, 98 kind of kicked off under that with that whole mentality of like, this has to be organic and pure. We want people who love music. And that's why I got the job. I, mean, I didn't audition for it. I didn't, you know, dude, you were on, you were a natural fit. Yeah. I mean, it was just an easy, like, you know, loved music, got into radio, worked at six stations in California in six years. I had a pickup truck. I moved all over the place, was flat broke, lived with my sister in San Francisco on her couch, made like $18,000 a year, worked at a donut shop. I did it all and happy. And Happiest, loved it. Ha- loved it. <laughs> loved it. And, um, and then just then, you know, K-Rock in L.A., huge break. Then music television, like at the next level of music, you know, and that would lead into like late night television. And then ultimately, like the Today Show is really like going back to TRL. It's TRL for adults. Right. Totally. If you were 18 in 2000 watching TRL, you know, you're you're 40, 40 now and have a couple of kids and you're watching the Today Show. <laughs> Your audience is like I just sort of went you. with the audience. <laughs> I think I went with them. They didn't come with me. It just happened that way. You didn't plan it. No, way. not at all. But that's why I get on the street is like what you experienced when you met Savannah and Hoda yeah. at the U.S. Open. It's like, oh, my girls are here and you're hugging them and it's yes. like, you know them. <laughs> exactly. That's that's the sort of experience I have with with the, with people. It's nobody wants right. my autograph or to do it. They just they feel like they know me. Right. And, and I love that. Like, that's the perfect thing for me. Yeah. You know, I just appre- I appreciate you are that. Who, you, I mean, you are just like your mom, just a genuinely happy, lovable, uh, kind hearted guy. I mean, you are who you well, are. On well, I appreciate that. I mean, I just love what I do. And so I love that I've been able to make a career out of really just sort of being myself, I guess, or if, you know. And you know, like there's some hosts, you know, that present themselves that's because one they way care. and a kid comes up to them and they're like, get the hell out of here, kid. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah. No, no. Oh, yeah. That can be devastating. No. Yeah. <laughs> I've never forgotten, yeah. like, where I come from and like, you know. No. I mean, I've always been that way with. I mean, I always joke, like, you know, people. If I do sign an autograph or if people need me for any reason, I'm, I'm more than happy to do it. I'm like, yeah, you guys pay my mortgage. Like, it's the least I can do. Right. And like, it's not a lot. I know how this works. Yes. You know, I'm appreciative. But as someone so recognizable and approachable and beloved, do you, does that ever play into the the anxiety or panic oh, yeah, disorder sure. stuff because you, there's you, you have you right, have right. for sure it's got to be people and, and yeah I mean and how do you manage that that's it that's been the whole kind of last two decades of trying to figure that out yeah. you know now I'm you know I, I started talking about my mental health a couple of years ago on the Today Show we were doing a piece on um, Kevin Love the basketball player uh, who wrote an article about experiencing a panic attack during an NBA game and as we I read that I was like oh my god this happened to me during TRL like I literally had my first like massive panic attack actually I realized I had plenty of panic attacks before but I didn't know what the hell you was didn't happening know what to I thought label I was going it. crazy right. literally um, or I thought I was really hungover or like I didn't know what was wrong and you seem like one of the most calm poised well that's the thing with mental the health that is really at the end of the day um, that's the biggest hardest piece of the puzzle to crack is that there's so many of us and now we know now I work in the mental health space from a really deep advocacy place so, mm-hmm. so I'm amazing on board of directors of a people. great nonprofit, and I have access to tons of data and I speak all the time about my own experience because it's there's a lot going on in the, in the space not everybody has the same sort of afflictions mm-hmm. or experiences mm-hmm. um, 
But the one stat that I keep going back to that I think answers the question is that, you know, if you and I are playing, if the three of us are playing a pickup basketball game and Christine rolls her ankle, how long is it going to take for you to, if you can barely walk, to go, hey, I'm going to run to urgent care and see if this thing's broken or sprained? You know, you would waste no time to do that. But for the average person, from the first time they have a mental health symptom, right, maybe it's a panic attack or anxiety or something they can't quite put their finger on, when is it that you think they go ask for treatment or try and figure it out it's like 10 years oh gosh you know, i was gonna years. say i was gonna say years weeks and, years and you're and saying years, years. years. and now so that's scary. me as i look back and even in my 20s recognize. i didn't recognize right. it right. we had been in aspen a ton of times partying oh, like aspen. and i had and i was having panic attacks and we thought it was the altitude though. i thought it was the altitude wow so then what happened is i stopped going to places of any altitude <laughs> because i was afraid that that was a trigger so but you did take some action you're you just didn't know true but yeah. that was just because the panic attacks were so so devastating. I was like, whatever triggered that feeling, right. I can't. And then it your world gets smaller and smaller right. and smaller. Then you have more panic attacks. Then you, ha- I'd have one going to like the VMAs and being in the car about to get dropped off. And I felt claustrophobic. And then my mind started to spin and I started to feel disillusioned. And those are all symptoms of panic. Mm-hmm. Um, then I said to myself, well, I can't go to these like events anymore. Not, you know, just so you keep doing that. Oh, Vegas. I can't go to Vegas anymore. I like had a gnarly panic attack in Vegas. All of a sudden you're becoming agoraphobic and your world's getting smaller and you're shutting in. That's when I sort of was like, okay, I need to go get help. And I went to, um, in Beverly Hills, the incredible um, psychologist who, uh, or psychiatrist in, um, in the field. Like I went and did cognitive therapy for like 17 weeks and, like went to mental health boot camp and then figured out it was so great. I figured out so much stuff. I'm like, wow, all this, this is all a thing. Like GAD, generalized anxiety disorder is a thing. And I was so happy to hear that. Right. You felt normal. I thought it was something, I thought my brain was broken. I thought I was born broken. And it's scary when you think, not that I care what people think about me, but I didn't have any context to actually what was happening physiologically. And then I just learned so much about the model of anxiety and it's, and then how many people are dealing with this. When I started talking about the Today Show, it was like, it was like Fight Club, the movie Fight Club, where like everybody starts, you know, if you're in Fight Club, like you start to wink at each other. Like you see another guy with a bruise at the airport. Like, oh, hey, you're in Fight Club. First rule is you don't talk. So every, for like the first year after I started really talking a lot about it, Forget anything I've ever done on MTV, anything I've ever done in the public space. People would come up to me and that was the linkage was like, man, thanks for talking about, you know, your mental health and anxiety because here's my story. Here's my daughter's story. Here's my friend's story. And we need more people just talking about it to break that stigma because people are scared. They're scared they're being judged. If you're a person of color, forget about it because there's lack of access to care. Mm -hmm. There's there's stigmas much deeper for cultural reasons. Um, So there's lots of there's lots to unpack in the mental health space. And that's the thing. Now people come up to me and they're like, hey, thanks for you know, or I have any, where can I go? Or what yeah. do you think about this? And you helped start a movement. I hear, I mean, when so you, many yeah. celebrities are talking about removing the stigma yeah. of mental health. It's so great. To talk about it. It's talk so about important. Their- yes. When and, you shared that story, it was, I, I saw it. It was so powerful. And also, you know, we all have kids who are growing up in a di- very different world yeah. where it's that is a very real thing for kids and teenagers for sure. as well. Oh, yeah. And for them to have a role model like you to be able to look at somebody who is cool and successful well, and that, well, you. stop. But, thank you. But truly, but that's what Kevin Love was for me. Exactly. Or Michael Phelps or any sort of famous yes. person that I had ever seen talk about it. I was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. That person operates at a high level, has a successful life. It's not screwing them up. 
It's like this guy is on a, yeah. on a big stage with a bright light and he gets through it. He manages it. And so if I can be that for other people, like, oh, my God, I watch that guy on The Voice every Monday night. He looks like he's so happy. But like literally I could be suffering a panic attack and you don't know. Going back to your thing, right. mental health is not something you can look at somebody and know what they're going through, especially when it comes to suicide and depression. That's the thing. And we, there are solutions, right? And whether it's talking, it's the at, beginning is just talking. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like my buddy, John Rifkin, who I lived with next door to where Johnny. we're recording this. John had a lot of anxiety in his childhood. And he was when I was in my, I think, 30s or whatever that era was here. He was the very first person that even introduced the idea of like, you know, when I said, man, I'm, I'm like weird. Things are weird. Shit's happening to me. <laughs> um, and, and that led to this conversation. And it was in an anxiety. And then I went down that path of my own expression. And that's what it was. But it was all about having a conversation. You have to just start talking. And people don't talk yeah. they're suffering in silence and not, a lot of men are afraid and men too. to not that's another category exactly to, to just category. be able to say hey something's going on and a lot of that's that masculinity conversation right. exactly. I don't care if you don't think i'm right. masculine right and it's not a sign of weakness it's actually a sign of, of strength no, of course it to, is to talk about what, what's going of on of course um, like Dak Prescott, the quarterback of the Cowboys, his brother, his best friend, took his own life. Dak went through, obviously, as you can imagine, a dark period. And then one of the sports commentators on ESPN, a famous guy, like started to have that com- this a couple years ago now, was saying like how the his opinion was like the, the quarterback of America's favorite team shouldn't shouldn't be crying on camera. It shows weakness. Like when he's on the field, they're going to. Oh, God. Like, that's and that's so like everything that's wrong oh. with. To your point, I think if I own a football team, I want my quarterback to be handling this that way. It shows strength. Yes. Be right. a real human being. Yes, it shows strength. Plus, yes. if you swallow that for too many years, yeah. it comes out and... Yeah. You, you People are still it. just learning this, that it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's okay to be not okay. It's okay. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. It's a much better time right now to yeah. be uh, dealing with this stuff than, you know, 10, 20, 30 years yeah. ago. Yeah. Thank so God. So let's go back to yeah. TRL. Let's get to I, happier times. <laughs> Christine, do you remember, did you ever go by the Broadway, uh, 50, was it 1515 15 Broadway? And and there's a giant window. Of and there's course. Carson, you could see the show being done. Yep. The lights. Me and Fred Durst and Kid Rock and Brittany. Oh, and Brittany, Justin, Jay-Z. Our, we'd be on our, our T-Mobile sidekick, like pagers at the time that looked like big rock door openers and it, is it was a great time it was a great time in new york it was it's such a time capsule to think about that time because it really was a special time and the music when we talk about the 90s such an amazing explosion of music mm-hmm. like i i know all the people you interviewed but what are the highlights to you who, who are you most starstruck to have interviewed mm. and who are the people who are the highlights that just stand out to you like the big breaks well you know trl was a show that like you know i created with another guy tony DeSanto, and it was just a countdown show and but we wanted it to be live and we wanted you know it also to be a place that um you know a level guests could come and so it have the sort of live component to it but the th- the through line was you know it was a video countdown show but we would invite kids so it started with like me and one camera person and maybe there'd be one kid with a sign that said I'm from Queens or I came from Brooklyn and then a couple months later you know it was like I'm from Connecticut and I'm from Jersey and then like it hit a tipping point in 98 and the explosion of the boy bands musically I mean it really was a moment and all of a sudden that show became you know probably what American Bandstand was for our parents right if you had an album this or a cult- movie cultural it became the place then all of a sudden I remember I think we had Adam Sandler on for like a big movie at the time and then Brad Pitt called in and then, you know, we just all of a sudden it transcended even music and music videos. It just became 
And then in like 99, you know, hip hop in New York was exploding. Hip hop in general was exploding. Mm-hmm. It was exploding at, at, at Madison Avenue as a business. Uh, the Yankees were winning. I mean, New York was on fire at that time. Jay-Z was blowing up. Uh, fashion was just everywhere. And MTV was at the epicenter of that cultural and, and TRL. And there's little old me just sort of <laughs> sucked into being this sort of unelected official of a, of a time. You know, I never. So true. Yeah, no, it just was like. And so. All the teenage girls that would come to Times Square to see Justin Timberlake or Nick uh, from the Backstreet Boys or any of these groups, they needed me to get to them. <laughs> so the signs would say, hey, Carson, let me up. I want to meet Justin. So I sort of became famous just not because anybody gave a crap about me. They needed me. Uh, I was the gatekeeper. You were the gatekeeper. And so I, and when all the boy bands were exploding and all that, then I started, you know, then I was dating like Jennifer at the time, Love Hewitt, or right. then I kind of like got swept into this kind of celebrity that I never meant to. I was the VJ. Like, I'm like a door. I open the door for the celebrities. That's what I do. But somehow I got caught in that like vapor trail of, of, you know, whatever that was at the time. Um, I mean, you're so humble because you, you honestly were so good at what you do. Well, I love what could I say did. Dick but... Clark wasn't a celebrity, but at some point you become the personality as well. Right. I uh, think after, after a long period of time, yeah, you it's, yeah, you're there every day and you, you know, I loved interviewing whether it was hip hop groups or pop. I loved music. So I always tried to be very Switzerland and very impartial on TRL. My truth is my background is K rock was, you know, like, you know, alternative rock was, is like really my background, but I love music so much, you know, when I'd go to bars in New York and guys would be like, like dive bars, like guys would be like, Oh, you play that Britney Spears crap. And I'm like, yeah, we, I play that. Like <laughs> that's what America wants to hear. And I'm, I don't judge. Like, I don't care if I'm a bartender and you order a cosmopolitan and I don't drink Cosmos on, it doesn't mean I'm not going to make you the world's best Cosmo. <laughs> right. Like that was my TRL was <laughs> like that now, you know, yes. um, from limp biscuit to POD to instinct to whatever it was. And I think that it's popularity was because it covered everybody. Was that level of sort of immediate, success or fame or recognizability yeah. uh, um, overwhelming or did you love it? You're, I, I loved it for different reasons. I loved right. it Monday morning quarterback. I loved it because it offered me like stability in my life professionally. Um, it was fun and I loved waking up. My mom had always said, uh, you know, you, you if you can wake up and just love what you do every day, like you, you'll never work a day in your life, that whole thing. And it's, so just, yeah. it's just you true. Live that. It's mean, just true. And I was living that. Sure. And then you start living that at a high level. And it's just like, there's so many pinch me moments when you're like going to a Super Bowl or you're, you're backstage meeting, you know, your idols or... Or you're reading something in Rolling Stone and someone's talking about you and whatever it is, like it's hard to believe. But I never, I never got caught in that. Yeah. I never, I always knew I didn't. You who know, you I, were. I always knew who I was. Yeah. 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 You never changed. And I, I think I we still talk about this too. I mean, even Ben talks about it too. Like uh, there, we will still go to events, a, a lot of times a sporting event or yeah. something and meet one of these athletes yeah. that were huge sports fans, even even actors or musicians, that we still don't have that moment where we walk out after we've gotten the chance to meet and we're right. like holding oh our... I'm the, like, oh my God. That was Roger Federer. That just, we just, yes, right. that just happened. Yes. We just had that moment. And, and you it, you can't ever lose that. Yeah. 
because to me, I mean, that's what it's You've all about. You've lost all sense of reality if you meet somebody like that or have an experience like that that you're immune to. Yes, Because exactly. your life has been so privileged. It's sad. Then it's sad. Yeah. Then, no. then shame on you. Right, So right. I think that speaks volume about you yeah, and Ben yeah, for yeah, feeling yeah. that way. I mean, I always feel that way. Always. It's just not lost on me. Like Ever. Of course. No. <laughs> Ever. And, it should, and it shouldn't be. It's an excitement of life. Like we talked about your mom, you know? Yes, I mean, it absolutely. doesn't matter how old you are, how successful you are. You know, life is exciting. Yeah. Like, there's amazing but passing down that wisdom I always tell my kids like I hear my I hear my mom and my father in me now coming out and I do I always always break it down my wife rolls her eyes I like try and I think it's because my dad died when he was like 44 I, I feel like I might have lot, like limited time this is just how I feel so every time I'm alone in the car with my kids or I'm on, with my daughters I have three daughters I'm always kicking the knowledge I'm like I make everything a life lesson to like to nausea I know what you mean my wife's man. like they're just crossing the street I'm like yeah but, but, but the crossing guard is a metaphor for you know Not a person every- of authority in your life if she says stop you you have to stop. You can't start running through red lights in life. Right. You know, like I'm always, she's like, oh my God. <laughs> Dial it back. Dial it back a little bit. I feel the same way. But I'm I feel like, like these kids have duty to learn. Like, not everybody wins a trophy. I'm sorry. Like this doesn't happen. People win and people lose. Yeah. You have to work hard. You can be frustrated. I say this to my 14 year old is trying to learn to play golf. He's just like, oh, like you haven't put in, I haven't seen you at the driving range for more than 10 minutes. You haven't put in the work. I'll tell you straight to your face. You're not going to be good until you learned it. evolution like think about the idea of evolution of evolving and getting good at something through practice right and through Through time spent served by the way LeBron James is still practicing shooting I mean it's just the the pros exactly entitlement has run rampant so there's this sense which is good because I think there's some pride in entitled feeling entitled as a young person I think there's some good in that but boy it makes it hard to like to, to put your nose to the grindstone and actually like show real work roll ethic up, and roll up, roll up the your sleeves. That might right. be part of why you feel this duty to give life lessons because you see society moving in a certain way, teaching Definitely. your kid Definitely. lessons that everyone Well, it's like I have to teach them before they get into, you know, an, uh, an arena of life where they're going to, they're, they're, the voices and the influences around them will be coming from another direction that, you know, and by the way, like our kids will make up their own minds. We raise them to be free so thinkers. True. Ultimately. We can only guide them and I say to my kids all the time, listen, and you may think I'm full of shit. Like, you don't want to take my advice. That's fine. You're right. going to, you'll be out in the real world. But I hope that these things echo, you know, like my yes. son makes good decisions. He just, I go, Jackson, like, you know, when you're with your friends, he's 14, uh, like, you'll get a feeling in your stomach. You'll get a little nervous feeling that if you're unsure whether you should throw an egg at that house or whatever the little right. situation is, someone passes you a flask or a vape or whatever, right. you're going to, and you're going to feel the pressure. But if you get that little gut feeling, you're going to get a little warm. And that's, stick to that that's telling you that's, something that's telling you something yep. learn to have a relationship with that little feeling that thing's Whoa, gonna keep you in good, good stuff. that's gonna keep you in good stead and freaking call me I'll never ask a question exactly I'll pick you up I don't care always even call even if it's too late even if you took a hit or you did this or that just yep. call me exactly you know my parents did that they're like if you're ever drunk at a party just call us there'll be no questions asked we'll make sure that you get home safe that's all we ask and a lot of kids our age growing up were scared to death to tell our parents yeah, anything like that you for know? sure um 
but yeah, I mean, that's amazing parenting advice. Yeah. I feel like I'm doing it now on the podcast. Like I'm, Oh, I, love I start that. to like, <laughs> dude, I'm like, yeah, you can ask me a question about like, anyway, so I was like, I have a weekend notes from on my iPhone now. I'm like, yeah, but David, Christine, life is so short. I wanted to have we a have weekly to be session better with beings you. and teach our children the right way. Dr. Carson Daly. Dr. Daly. Your father. Oh man. It fires uh, me up. I love life. I love my yeah. kids so much and I care about them. I want them to do well, you know, I mean, Christine, I'm pulling for the same them. way. I, I mean, our kids are like the crux of everything, yeah. you know? Yeah. And we've said it over and over again, that the best thing you can do for them is to let them fail. Right. Is Absolutely. to let them make mistakes. And it's the hardest it is the thing. Hardest I say thing. it every time we talk about it and we talk about it a lot. I'll discipline on this. My, my daughters who's 10 and I'll say she'll act acting like a complete jerk and I'll call her right out on it out loud to her face. And then she will react. And then I can just see my wife shrinking because my wife's a people pleaser. She's a different personality. And I see her shrinking and she's grabbing. And if I took a step, she'll go towards Etta. And then and I'm like, later, our conversation post-mortem will be, they have to experience a little bit of that shame and that disappointment. They have to marinate in that nope. because it's that feeling that's going to that they're going to need to call on so that they don't do that again. Yes. If you're immediately there after I'm trying to prove it or vice versa, then you undo. Undermine. You, you undo the lesson and then you you can't say like, hey, let's go shoe shopping right now. I know. And that's hard in a relationship when, you, when you're when you two different people because I am we are also two entirely different so people. are we. Yeah. And, and I imagine you and Jill are We too. are entirely different people. <laughs> it's it's probably good though to, I think I mean, it's, to have yes. both those influences because we're the, paying the, a therapist a lot of money to convince <laughs> us that it's, that it's entirely good. No, it is it it is good, of course, yes. because it's if you're committed, we're committed, like period. So it's good because if you if you have the commitment, then it becomes your it, it has to be good. Yes. So you find a way. You you work through you it. Work you through work it. through that it. instinct to protect them at all times from any sort of hurt or failure is so strong. Yeah. Um, for sure. Yeah, you have to let them fall and scrape their knee or whatever, you know. Yeah, like, and fail. I mean, it's part of it. It's part of We've it. all done it. Right. We've all had things that it's like, okay, that that wasn't my plan. It's I so different. I didn't plan this trajectory right. in my life right. to happen. But people think that you did. Exactly. Right. But so it how was do all, I do that? Right. But it was all the things. It was all the screw ups. It was all the mistakes. The things I feel the worst about and that, that have that's how I grow. That's how I can talk to my kids. Right. Like that we're living in reality. That's what I always say. Like when I grew up, we, as, as in a Catholic family, mm -hmm. that was a lot was sort of, sort of swept under the rug. Sure. It was difficult. Things weren't the easiest to talk about. I, I t we talk to our kids in reality now. It's yeah. like, this is the reality. This is not the best thing that's going on with this diagnosis or your grandmother is not doing well or any right. of those things. We're not trying to protect They do anyone. better with the truth anyway. They do better with the truth. Yeah, I yeah. agree. They, they, Amen. They rise Amen to the that. Young ones yes. too. And they'll respect you for it because they I will so find too. out if you- I talk to my kids like they're 35 years old. <laughs> <laughs> they're three, eight, 10, and 14. I literally, that's the best thing just like do. I'm talking in this microphone. Yes, yes. And it's like, I, I they rise to the occasion maybe yes. a day or two but I look them right in the eye and tell them yeah. you know, how it is right and they will respect you for it I think when so parents treat them like little children or they they sugarcoat everything the kids find out and they go well, my dad was telling me this and that Dude, it's we live in a not. suburb of New York where, like, the parents are really great people. Are so, we love our community. But it's so different than when we grew up with the helicoptering and the text chains with the moms and the... Where is everybody at every the, moment? Every move every is accounted move for. Yeah. And the phones and the entitlement and the, and the birthday parties. And, like, the... I see so many kids running the show. Like, you ever see the, the um, Caesar... 
the dog, what's the dog show he used to do? Was that his name? Eric, you know this, right? It was a show <laughs> bad. It was Milan. Caesar Milan. Oh, oh yeah. Right. Caesar yeah. Milan. So that dog about, about misbehaved dogs. Yeah. And what does it always come down to when he comes in the house to deal with the misbehaved dog? It's the it's the owner. <laughs> It's never the dog. It's always the owner. So his ultimate lesson is about telling the mom that the, the dog's not a replacement for a child. Or when you walk the dog, don't let the dog walk you. All of those lessons. Like, I see that in parenting now. These children are the dogs. Like, they are running the show. Well, David, we, you, we made the joke about it, having lived with teenage girls. Yeah. It's like we all oh, yeah, my, live in fear of our teenage Right. So much so, I, I, I can't even imagine this. Just, Someone told me being a parent to a teenage girl yeah. is like being an athlete at a visiting stadium right. where the fans are, you, you suck. Right. Get the hell That's out of here. That's a great analogy. And, and you're just you got to be strong in that environment, though. Yes. I don't hear you've you. You've got to get you, a very you're thick You're in hostile skin. territory, but you got to still <laughs> move through move, it. Move through it. Exactly. <laughs> Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. 
Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for 40% off site-wide and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for 40% off site-wide at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Last call with Carson Daly. What I did, I can't believe it went on 17. Yeah, seasons. it did. Yeah, Christine I was, and I were talking yes, about it. Yes, I did an early season. Many oh, amalgamations of oh, yes. my late night show. It was I, on it was, at 1:30 in the morning. It was in New York when I did it. Was it. in New York. Yeah, yeah we were it was on for 8H. Dodgeball. Yeah, and um, yeah, it was incredible. It was incredible, fun. It, it it evolved. I was trying to do kind of the um, typical late night show in the beginning. That really wasn't working for me. Um, and then we ended up just going back to what I love, which was music, right. um, trying to discover new bands and put give people a shot. So when, if you are an up and coming comedian or even an actor or a band or somebody on the rise looking for a break, that became like my territory of like, hey, I used to say this to people all the time like come do last call if you don't and I'll give you the tape and then you can take the tape to get on to Conan or Letterman or Leno or Jimmy that's so cool people need tape like bands were like I've never done a late night show so we ended up getting a ton of really cool bands to do their debuts um, the show left a studio, Last Call, My Late Night Show, and it went b- back out on the street. I love Dave Attell used to have the show in New York. This Late Night Show is one of my favorites. So we, we just did, I wanted to get back to my MTV roots of just kind of talking to a camera. And um, and yeah, the show quietly just was on forever. I think they forgot about us at, at NBC. <laughs> like, oh, wait, we're still producing. Well, you yeah. said it was like, the, it wasn't even really the late, it was like yeah. the precursor to the it morning was. show. It was like the warm up back to the Today Show. <laughs> we were on before like the, you know, the Early the, news. The Floby infomercials started <laughs> or whatever. But it was a really great run and it was so fun to do. And you were doing and I learned the radio a lot. show. I was doing the, the radio time. show. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's always been like the busiest person. He's but he's still. fear for losing a job. That's no, not because not. I aspire. You never complained. I mean, you loved uh, it. Uh, I, I do love but it. I, I loved it all. There were some moments, though. 2008 was tough. Um, the economy was bad that year. I didn't have the voice wasn't happening. It was before I had a radio show. I just had my late night show and it almost went away. There was a big fight between Conan O'Brien and Jay Leno at the time and the late night and NBC schedule was up in the air. And so I thought I was going to lose that job and my girlfriend's pregnant. And that was a scary little time that we all have had those times. But then the voice came along the voice right. so how did in that 2009. That, I mean, and congratulations, by the way, for Emmy. Yeah, wins. yeah that's been, been a blessing in disguise, too. I hated American Idol. I'll be honest, like I coming from K-Rock in L.A., and MTV and having served a life of having friends in bands that were in vans and paid their dues. And, you know, this is before social media and you could blow up overnight and go viral. So I just am sort of of the age and, and era of where like most people were when Idol was so successful on television to me as a music purist in the beginning. And this is all crap now because it was just really good entertainment it was a great show mm-hmm. and still is it's a juggernaut there wouldn't be the voice if it wasn't for American Idol they went sure. away and then came back yeah right? like no but at the time when it started I was just like oh this is like a cheat like people are going on TV and becoming famous on American Idol then all of a sudden they're on the radio like they haven't even like they didn't have to go to in a van and like they haven't even suffered yet <laughs> that's how I felt about it so I didn't have any interest in when NBC said we have a singing competition I was like oh F those I'm like, I'm, like, I'm a real and then it ended up being the 
Voice, which was a show that was on in Holland, and it was on opposite American Idol and had these big red chairs that turned. And our differentiation was that we don't make fun of people who sing because um, Idol was making fun of people. Um, and our coaches are like real musicians. They're like, so it was like Adam Levine was my friend. We grew up together in LA. So Maroon 5, he was like, so I'm like, what, when, when I was talking to NBC about what the voice would be like, like, well, Mark Burnett's going to produce it. He makes cinematic television at the highest level. So I'm like, that's, that's good. Right. Who are going to be these coaches? Because, you know, that'll, that's a lot. Well, we're in Adam from Maroon 5, Christina Aguilera. I'm like, okay. And then like CeeLo. And then we ended up getting Blake, who nobody so knew at the time. you the development. Uh, well, I'm an executive uh, producer from day. So when I signed on, once they told me like, they're swinging for the fences to really have this thing be cool and great music. And I watched the Holland show and I saw this guy, Ben Saunders. He's all tatted up. He was an MMA fighter and he was singing a Kings of Leon song. And I was like, okay, this is cool. Right. Like, this is not American Idol. This thing is really cool. And that's, it all just... We and went the coaches on. are in competition with each other. The coaches too. are in competition, but they're they're it's like positive, it's uplifting. Yeah. They give advice. They're, they're not judges; they're coaches. And then the show from the very first episode, um, the phone rang the next day, and they're like, "This is the biggest hit we've seen since I think Friends or something." And, oh my god! And that was twenty four seasons ago. That's at a time when they thought not one other singing competition could ever last because there was Idol there was X Factor yeah. and then there was and we won like four Emmys so people were respecting kind of the production behind the show which was really cool we were telling you know LGBTQ plus stories you know we wanted real people some people would go on other shows and their truth selves the producers would be like no we, you're gonna be the like pretty little girl that's gonna sing like the Taylor Swift character and and at the voice like no no you're gonna be you yeah. and your story is gonna be your story if you want it to be you know right. so that was cool to do that's a huge distinction yeah i mean yeah so we won it was a hit from date from the first it was episode. a mega mega like through the roof hit that's got and we were amazing. we were crazy yeah and, even, and then even then you thought well maybe it'll last a few years and it's been you know 12 years or something crazy incredible and we still do it we're still doing it and uh-huh. today's show. And today's show. Yeah. About yeah. What do you want to know? We, we talked so much about it. It's great. I just thank you for it. I really do. I wake up. I put my channel so four. Fun. Thank you. On. And um, I, I just really do. I feel like. And I, I've known you a little over the years. Yep. But honestly, I really just appreciate. And we, you and I talked about it before. You can't create that sort of chemistry mm. it's not manufactured it's a really terrific group we love each other and it's disgusting actually I, I, but it's so no, it's, we vacation it's, together it, and, uh, you can tell I think like a network would try and get like <laughs> chemistry something in film like they cast ensembles they want chemistry that's why there's read throughs and they yeah. audition process yeah. with each other so they can see the chemistry like you can't it's something that you can't fake yeah and so it's just this particular group of Savannah and Hoda and Al and Dylan Jenna. and Jenna like we're all Craig Melvin and Craig yeah we're all like just really close and off just, air. I, and I always just love on shows when people make fun of each other. Yeah. It's, it makes me fun. Like you can only do that when you're close. <laughs> yeah. exactly. If you really don't like the person, you can't. They're so fun. I'm always jealous of a lot of the food tasting you guys yeah. get oh, in the I mornings. I love it. Just, I, I know. bring you beer all the time. Yeah, I know. yeah exactly. Exactly. You know, my but wife comes on the show. I know. I've seen her. It's, a, it's, it's great. A, it's crazy. I know. It's I'm so great. glad my mother, who God rest her soul, she was such a Today Show fanatic, just like you. I'd always had it on in the morning. And I'm so glad she got to see me in that role. She was, uh, so wh- what year did you start today? I don't know. It 10 years ago. 10 years ago. Yeah. So your mom did get that. She did, yeah. Right? And she they flew her to New York. She's, she was on a couple of times. Amazing. And she used to geek out, not just being in New York, but being around like the Today Show. She'd go to the gift shop and buy stuff. I'm like, Mom, I, I'll get you a mug. And she's like, no, but I got to get one for Jeannie. And then this and that. I'm like, you know Carson what? Carson mom's in the gift shop again. Seriously. get her a mug. Seriously, please give that woman a t-shirt. Um, it's fun, though. 
And I just turned 50 on the show. Yeah. Yes. Which was crazy. So Happy thank you. Happy birthday. Yeah, that, that's been crazy. Club. I know. Yep. He was, was always the baby of, of our friend group. Well, that was, it was your 50. It's like all the same. It was crazy. I remember when, when Luke Perry turned 50, God rest his soul. I was 43 and he was on the cover of AARP magazine, which, oh and Luke God. looked so cool. And I, I remember thinking, oh my God, this is a guy that like I idolized on television and now he's 50. So that makes me, and I feel like that was the response I got when I turned 50, but like, oh my God, the, like the VJ from TRL turned 50, like Life is moving way too fast. <laughs> yeah, but you. the point is you and Luke make it look good. Well, thank you. Know. We got to get you on the cover I, of I the so. AARP. That's the next. I don't know what AARP really I, is, to I, be I, honest I, with you. I think you get means, discounts. Something Association of Retired Persons, okay, right? Like, or so, is it? Or am I getting like it AAA totally wrong? People, it's, I don't know. But it does. Retired people. <laughs> They start talking about life insurance. They want to sell you like chess to put your belongings in. Nobody take what I'm saying. I don't know. I've I've never really investigated. Deal on a cruise. (laughs) Please let me know. My friends at ARP. I, have, I get a discount now. Okay. I'm your guy. Yes. Well, if you and ben I'm, I'm two take years little, in, though. I'm two years cruise, in. That's all right. You haven't used yours. I get all the new stuff. Okay, good. I'm the newbie. You're the new guy. I got okay, extra great. points. Great. I can transfer them. Let's too, all do Dinner a cruise. Dinner reservations at five? Yeah, oh, always. I do that anyway. Anyway, we, we yeah, all do yeah. that yeah. anyway. We get up at four, though, if we have to. <laughs> Um, Carson has his kids last day of school. So yes, I know. Carson. I've, never, I've never made it. I'm usually shooting the voice. So when um, they get off the bus, we're going to hit them with water balloons. So fun. Yeah. This was so much this fun. This was too easy. Too easy. I hope we were recording. I'm not sure. <laughs> if not, I'll gladly come back. The next time we'll catch up, we'll be on the Today Show. We'll, we'll, I hope so. I, ho- I, ho- I hope so. You're invited. We'll just do it. We'll make sure it's recorded. Oh, I want to thank you both for having me. Promote Barmageddon uh, if you want to. Oh, it's all right. We do a dumb drinking show, me and Blake Shelton. It looks so fun. On, on USA. By the the USA Network is home of uh, NASCAR and um, and uh, wrestling, WWE. So it's a perfect network for our show that we shoot at Blake Owns a Bar in Nashville. And we just, we invite people to come on and talk shit and play these over-the-top ridiculous bar games. And so, yeah, that show's on. It got picked Amazing. up for a second season, which yes. we're totally in shock by. <laughs> Barmageddon. But Bar-mageddon. it's fun. It's fun. All right. So anyway, we love you. Thank you for having me. Appreciate love it. You, CD. Thank you. All right. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe and give us five stars. And please follow us on Instagram at HeyDudeThe90s Called. See you next time. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. 
You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, cheap Caribbean vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Jamaica and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com. That's CheapCaribbean.com.